Today, Dr. A and I are sitting down going through a few summer league guys, um, some standout players from the recent summer league. Then we will wrap up uh, our journey, very short journey through the draft only league uh, that I was a part of. Let's go balls deep. Hello and welcome to the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. FBIBasketball.com is our website. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at AdamKing91. Dr. A joining me again, uh, 9 o'clock on a Tuesday night uh, over there, 11 a.m. on a Wednesday morning here. Steve, how are you? Uh, I am well. I am very well. Uh, I worked my first shift at my golf club today. Mm. So that should mean free golf, Adam. And <laughs> for me, that is that is way more important than money. That for me would be probably for me it would be more important than money, probably not for my family, but I <laughs> uh, free golf, gee, I'd be probably not yeah, in, in 10, 15 years when I'm maybe not having to work every day full time, then that would be awesome. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think I love golf as much as you, but I do love playing golf. So. You know, Adam, I was thinking about something today, driving home to come to do this. Uh, a Cars song came on, the, came on my uh, playlist. And in my opinion, the Cars are like the most underrated American band of all time. I start thinking about Australian bands. We've got ACD, ACDC, obviously. We've got uh, Men at Work. Are you a music guy? Uh, yeah, look, I wouldn't say... I probably wouldn't call myself a music guy, but I do like music. I don't really like genres of music. I just like songs. So, okay. um, And I listen to a lot of... Uh, I mean, with a... 16-year-old and a 13-year-old, I hear a lot of the music that they listen to. I don't get it, but I hear it. <laughs> um, I probably listen to a lot of uh, 80s, sort of late 80s, early 90s, um, a lot of Billy Joel, Elton John, um, ELO, stuff that I probably that my parents listened to when I was growing up. So I guess my question was going to be like, what is the best Australian band? Oh. Um, I uh, I like I like we also of, we also had that weird silver chair thing happen. Yeah, like that was ninety two to ninety six. <laughs> yeah, they were they were huge for a while, um, and then. And then sort and of, they were kids. Yeah, they were like sixteen, were. seventeen years old. Yeah, look, I like, I, I like, I didn't mind Silverchair. Um, ACDC were a little bit before me. I, I mean, I know all their songs. In excess, I don't mind In Excess. Um, hmm. Probably for me, growing up, Ice House were a big Australian. They were a big Australian band, and potentially one that you haven't heard of. Um, 
and again, this was just because they they were the my parents used to have a a record player, like so listen to vinyl, um, and that was what they had. So that was what I listened to. Uh, the Bee Gees, I guess. Um, I like a lot of the Bee Gees songs. Uh, Powderfinger are probably one of my favourite, and Savage Garden I liked as well. Uh, now, Ice, Ice House was a one-hit wonder here in in the States. Okay. I think it was uh, Electric Blue. Electric their, Blue, yeah. That was their big jam. Yeah, yeah. For that, me, and that was their biggest song, PR2. For me, I, I love ACDC. I'm a little older than you are. That's kind of what I grew up on. Um, yeah. Okay, we can move on to basketball. I was just curious <laughs> as to what your uh, what your Australian music influences were. Yeah, look, I think if I had to say a favourite, it's probably Powderfinger. Powderfinger are probably my favourite Australian band, um, and they've done songs from a lot of Australian movies that I like as well. So, um, yeah, we will. Let's move over to basketball. I will <laughs> get this. I will get this set up, and we will jump into. So, like I said, we're going to start with some summer league. Reactions, and I think, um, look, you, you didn't watch much summer league. I didn't watch a lot of summer league. Uh, I watched probably the first two to three days. I really just wanted to see Victor Wembanyama out on the court um, and a few other guys. But once you get beyond the first few days, all of those bigger names or, or most of them don't play anymore. So um, didn't watch a lot. So I've just I've come up with a few names of guys that are fantasy relevant, some guys that might be fantasy relevant. First one is Jabari Smith, who, well, I mean, he dominated Summer League and, and you'd expect him to to dominate Summer League. Uh, 35.5 points, seven rebounds, four assists, a block, three three-pointers. I think probably for me, he was someone last season that I drafted in a few spots and he was pretty disappointing. Did you have him last year? And I guess what are your thoughts Based, I mean, based a little bit on this, but even just without this, these performances for this season, is he someone that you think is going to uh, take a, some some big steps forward? Well, Houston is so weird. Like, we just don't know who they're going to play because they have so many stars on that team now, especially like fantasy stars, Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green. Now we have Dylan Brooks in Houston. <laughs> We have Jabari Smith. We have Alfred Shingood. We have Tari Eason, who we're going to talk about later. Uh, we have Kevin Porter Jr. We have one of the Thompson twins, right? Like, there's so many guys. Jay Sean Tate, who nobody even talks about anymore. Yeah. Uh, there's so many guys there that I just don't know what to think. I, I think my takeaway uh, on Jabari Smith in the Summer League is he's too good for Summer League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty that, much. Yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, but I do think I I would I would not mind getting Jamari Smith in uh you know a mid round situation uh with the expectation that he can possibly blow up. Yeah. So I'm just having a look. So last season, I, I think. If you look at last season, I think he, he established a good role for himself, but production-wise, he was disappointing. He shot the ball. I mean, it's hard to imagine him shooting worse than he shot last season. And he was inside the top 150 last year. Despite all of the struggles, uh, he was 145th. So I think, I mean, if that's his 
his absolute floor, and I, I don't see any way he's that bad. He has to be a draftable guy. He has to be someone you're taking at 120, 130 with the upside to probably get inside the top 100. Uh, and th- this may be a hot take, but I would say his floor is twice as high as it was last year. Like, there's no way he's as bad as he was last year. There's no way. No, and I think the fact you, you said there, he, he'll have Fred Van Fleet as the point guard now. So he's going to just straight away, their offense is going to be better with Fred Van Fleet there. So, yeah, I, I think he is definitely someone that could have a really strong bounce back. It's not, well, I guess it's sort of a bounce back. He, he was his first season. So um, Max Christie for the Lakers was interesting. He was he was pretty good. And he unlike Jabari, he is a guy that, did have to play in summer league because he's trying to earn himself a spot in the rotation. Um, 19.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 0.8 steals, 1.6 blocks, 2.23. So has the ability to, to sort of fill it up across the board. He, from what I've seen, and I don't know a ton about him, but from what I've seen, he he's listed as a guard, as a sort of a shooting guard wing guy, but, but he has, some block upside. I've noticed in all the games he plays, he gets a block, he gets two blocks, he gets three blocks. If that's an element of his game that that is going to stick, then I, I think there's a bit of upside there. But I'm not sure where he fits on the rotation. Have you got any thoughts on him at all? You know, if you would have asked me a year ago right now, Austin Reeves, any interest in him in fantasy, I would have <laughs> said no. <laughs> Like, no, this is not happening. But this is the Lakers, and anything's possible. And I do like what you're saying about his blocks. I mean, he averaged 1.6 blocks in Summer League. Um, And some guys have the nose to go block shots, and Hmm. other guys don't. Like, uh, your guy – oh, man, we're going to have to edit this. (laughs) Um, Zion Williamson – should be a shot blocking phenom, right? Yeah. But he just doesn't block shots. But if Christie is going to go out and block 1.2 shots a game in his 18 minutes he gets, then I'm interested at least to see what what's going to happen there. But uh you know, he's also playing for a team that has guys that that miss games, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. All of them miss games. So I could see him I could see him being a, a subtle surprise in fantasy hoops this year. I'm not reaching for him, but I I I think he might be a late round flyer guy. Yeah, I don't think you you need to target him or draft him, but certainly just keep keep an eye on what he's doing, keep an eye on injuries to other players. And uh I, I think from memory they were they were doing an interview with Rob Palinka in one of the Lakers summer league games. And he was, he spoke highly of Max Christie and what they think of him. So I think they would like to get him into the rotation somewhere. Um, only time will tell, see where he fits there. Um, Tari Eason is, is the next guy, probably another one that didn't really need to be playing in summer league. Uh, he dominated last year in summer league, 23 points, 9.5 rebounds, four assists, a steal, three blocks, two, three pointers, 
unlike Jabari Smith, he's he doesn't have a starting role locked down in Houston. Um, but I think, well, I hope that their new head coach, Jimmy Adoka, views him as a key piece for what they're trying to do. Play him as the sixth man, 20, 26 minutes a night, maybe. Uh, is he someone that you would consider drafting towards the end of a draft? Yes. Uh I was on the Tari Eason hype train last year. And I don't like the fact that he's probably going to play the same position as Jabari Smith. I don't like the fact that Dylan Brooks is there now. But like you said, I may Doka may figure out that Dylan Brooks, like <laughs> we've talked about this before. Like I can't. I can't decide if Dylan Brooks is helping my team or hurting my team most of the time that he's on my team. Like he's just there doing his thing and riling everybody up. So maybe at some point Tari Eason becomes a guy where we look at and think, man, he's definitely helping my team. So I, I am okay with Tari Eason late. Again, um, just like last year. And I don't think we need to worry too much about Jalen Green and Jabari Smith ruining him. Um, it more comes down to Dylan Brooks, I think. But uh, if nothing else, we know how talented Tori Eason is if he's given a leash. Yeah, look, I think, yeah, the Dylan Brooks thing is frustrating. Uh, but last year, Tari Eason was he actually ended the season better in terms of pure rank, 142nd, better than Jabari Smith, uh, 142nd in only 21.6 minutes per game. So I think you have to say, well, he's going to play at least 22 minutes, hopefully more like 26 to 27. So I think top 100 is certainly within reach. Um, he has a he has a, a good ability to contribute on both ends, 9.3 points, six rebounds, 1.2 steals, 0.6 blocks. So, I mean, theoretically, he could be sort of 12 points, eight rebounds, two combined steals and blocks. Uh, that that in itself is valuable. So definitely someone that I'm, if he's available in the sort of after the 10th round, the 11th round, I'm swooping on him. Adam, while we're, while we're here, um, are you a stocks guy or or are you an anti-stocks guy? Like, I kind of hate the word stocks. Uh, oh, so anti is in the word stocks, you mean? Yes. I like saying steals and blocks. Yeah, I don't, say, like I don't stocks. say stocks. No, I don't say stocks. Oh. Um, yeah. See, this is why we ended up here together. Yeah, no, I I, I prefer. And I think, I think I did for a while, and then I think um, – Obviously, cultures, histories, all that sort of stuff. Very different Australia, America. But I was I was just told by someone, it could have been someone from Sports Ethos, could have been, <laughs> I don't know. But they said, look, stocks is really not a word we want to be using and, and explained why. I looked into it. And so I, don't, I tend not to use it. I know others do, but... But I, much like you, I just say steals and blocks. Or well, I would like steps. to. I would like to. I would like to go back and see that email exchange as to why we don't use the word stocks. Because I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't. I just don't like it. So like, yeah, um, when I when I play when I'm on the golf course and somebody goes, man, this is a great track. 
Instead of yeah, saying okay. this is a great golf course, they say this is a great track. And it's like because that's what culture has told you what is cool to say. I don't know. I'm drifting way off base here. No, no. Look, if I can find that email, I'll I'll pass it on to you. <laughs> I would like to know the reason that we don't say stocks. Oh, but I, I just don't. I just don't like know. it. That's yeah, my, no. that's my thing. Okay, well, that's good. Neither of us will be using it, so we're on Excellent. the same page. Excellent. Uh, so the next guy, Isaiah Jackson, again, probably a guy that didn't need to be playing in summer league. Uh, 17 points, 12.5 rebounds, 1.5 blocks. He was a bit of a guy last season that I think we we got we were pretty high on. Uh, part of that was due to the fact that Miles Turner was potentially going to be traded. We didn't know what was happening. Uh, he ended up being a, a bust. I mean, if we if we if we're honest, uh, I'm just having a look at. Yeah, I don't even think he finished inside inside the top. Uh, no, he didn't inside the top sort of 160, 170. Um, this season, I guess there we know Miles Turner's still there. They now have some power forward depth. So I think Isaiah Jackson is certainly not going to start. I don't think there's any chance he starts. But my hope is that the they figure out that he needs to be the backup center, not Jalen Smith. Is he someone that you're high on this season or, or that you think does have some upside? Uh, well, first of all, Adam, how are you holding up without all the Miles Turner trade talk this <laughs> offseason? Like, it's very it, quiet. It's all we talked about last year. Like, Miles Turner's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Then he gets signed. Um, we have Jalen Smith, we have Obi Toppin, we have Isaiah Jackson. Like, that does not bode well for Isaiah Jackson at all. Like, there's just too many bigs in Indy for that to happen. There's a lot. Indy's an interesting team to talk about because mm. um, Bruce Brown is going to mess with Buddy Heald a lot, right? Yep. Uh, Obi Toppin's going to mess with Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is going to mess with Isaiah Jackson. There, there's just a lot of traffic going on at different positions in Indiana. So I'm not really psyched about any of them i'm not fired up about bruce i'm not fired up about buddy i'm not fired up about jarris walker who espn has at the top of the depth chart to start i don't know if that's gonna happen i i still think jalen smith who i went all in on last year because mm. he was going to be the starting power forward for the pacers um and that just never really worked out and now Miles Turner's locked in, locked down. Like, there's just a mess in any fantasy-wise, unless you're talking about Tyrese Halliburton. And even with uh, a guy like Benedict Maturin, who had a great year last year, there's still Andrew Nemhart. There's still Aaron Neesmith. Now you got Bruce Brown thrown in there. Like, there's too many variables Fantasy wise, for me in Indianapolis, except for Tyrese Halbert. Yeah, they they've they have got they've sort of gone from no depth to a lot of depth quite quickly. Um, and yeah, look, I think yeah, I'm not, the only only spot I would take Isaiah Jackson is with my very last pick, and you just have to wait and see if they do go. Okay, we're playing Isaiah Jackson purely as the backup center, eighteen minutes a night. I think there's prob that's probably enough for him to have some value. But as you said, Jalen Smith is still there. 
Obi Toppin, Jarris Walker. We don't know who's starting. It's yeah, it's a situation that I'm probably avoiding initially. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to draft any Pacers outside of uh, Halliburton and, and Turner, and then yeah. the the rest of all those guys we just talked about are going to be at the top of my queue when somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Yep, fair enough. Next guy, now this guy we know will be starting, Chet Holmgren, uh, 16.5 points, 9.8 rebounds, a steal, three and a half blocks, 0.33 pointers. Uh, so I, I only put the, obviously that's 0.33 pointers is is nothing. It's It's not really worth discussing, but I just put it in there because I think some people will be of the opinion that he's this guy that's going to hit two threes a game and get three blocks a game. I don't think he's going to shoot that many three-pointers. And, and I mean, this was only summer league, but I, I just left it in there to highlight the fact that I don't think you'll be able to look at him as a consistent three-point scorer. But the blocks are definitely going to be there. The rebounds are going to be there. How high are you on Chet this season? I'm pretty high on him because I have him in our dynasty league <laughs> uh, when I tanked and tried to get Wembenyama this year. And that didn't work out quite as well as I wanted it to, but uh, I have Chet. I'm expecting big things from Chet. Uh, I like the flashes that we've seen from Chet. We haven't really seen him just take over, but we haven't had many opportunities for that to happen. So, like, I'm a Pacers guy and a Hawks guy, but if you ask me who my who my low-key favorite team is. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder, man. Yeah. They got Shea, Giddy, Dort, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren. Like, there's so much fun stuff going on there. I And I think it's easy right now to um, say Chet's going to be a bust. Chet's not going to live up to the hype. Just like it is, Wimby's not going to live up to the hype. I think Chet and Wimby are both going to live up to the hype. I'm hitching my wagon to both of those guys and rolling with them this year. And so for, for I guess, Chet, I mean, people are, are always, especially now that they're both technically rookies this season, people are always going to compare Chet and Wimby. Similar build, similar kind of skill set. It's been sort of talked about from San Antonio that they probably don't want to start Wimbanyama at Senna just because of the physicality and his build. We haven't really heard a lot from Oklahoma in terms of where they want to start. Chet, do you think he starts at centre with like a Lou Dort at the power forward? Or do you think they start Chet at the four and start someone like the other Jalen Williams or or Jeremiah Robinson Earl at centre? I mean, I if I'm running the Thunder, I'm starting Chet at centre. He's 7-1. And he's he's a center. Victor Wembanyama is a center. I mean, that is who they are. You're not. I I don't know how you start someone else at center and bring bring Chet off the bench or start him at power forward. Like you got to play Jalen. You got to play Lou Dort. You got to play Giddy. You got to play SGA. You got to find some way to get the other Jalen in there. Um. I'm Chet's a center to me. I'm drafting Chet as a center yeah. and I'm all in on him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think they will 
start him at center. And, and, and I don't. I, I pray and hope that Oklahoma City doesn't baby him and make him a you know load management guy. Like I want him to play every night, not three out of four nights. Yeah, I'd like to think they will. Um, I mean, I think they're in a position now where they're going to be pushing for the playoffs. The that that concept of tanking and losing games is is done. I think we saw that last season, and they're going to be even better with healthy Chet, Jalen, um, Giddy, all those guys with a season under their belt, uh, as well as they, they drafted Carson Wallace as well, who I think is going to be really good. So. Um, Next you guy, know, I've got... the only sad news I have to report about all of this is my guy Alexis uh, Hokuschewski. Uh, yes. Yeah, Alexi, he's probably gonna go bye bye. But yeah, I don't. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think he'll. He'd need some injuries to to have a role this season. Um, yeah, I don't. See I don't that. know, man. He hustled hard last year. Coach loves him. I I'm gonna say. Poku is still he still has a little bit of sleeper potential. A little bit. All right. We'll go with a little bit. All right. Okay. <laughs> Next guy I've got is Keontae George. Uh a little bit more unheralded than some of these other guys. Uh 18.7 points, 3.7 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.3 seals, and 2.8 three pointers. Uh for anyone listening who who sort of might not know who he is because, as I said, he's not one of those bigger names. He uh, he was drafted by Utah. Really impressed during the summer league. Uh, for me, I th- I could make a case that he should start over Colin Sexton. I don't think they'll do that, but <laughs> uh, Sexton has he's never been a guy. I mean, he's solid enough, but I don't think he's going to sort of win them basketball games. I think Keontae George has far more upside. Uh, is he someone you're interested in at all? That is a strong take from you, Adam. Keontae George yeah. should start <laughs> over Colin Sexton. Like that is yeah. a that's a bold take, and I don't hate it, but it's not going to happen. Like they're no. paying Colin Sexton a ton of money. He's going to play. They have Jordan Clarkson. They have Markin. They have now they have Johnny Collins, who yeah. you watch. Now he's not in Atlanta. Is going to go crazy. <laughs> Walker Kessler is going to have a great year. Kelly Olynyk is there to back it up. the The problem is Taylor Horton Tucker. I think, like he's such a good role player bench guy. It's going to make it tough for Keontae George to really make a a big impact. Mm-hmm. Now, I could be wrong. Sexton and Clarkson can both both play point guard. Uh, so can Keontae George. Maybe Keontae George is better than I think he is. But to me, hey, kid, great summer league. That was awesome. Now go sit on the bench and watch the rest of the season. Because I think that's what I think that's what's what's gonna happen. Yeah, look, I I have very little confidence that he will start, but I I, I really liked what he what he did there. Um, and then, I mean, you've got to throw Chris Dunn in there as well. Chris Dunn was really good for them down the stretch last season. So I'm not – I don't know where he fits. Um, but, I mean, we're not drafting either of those guys, obviously. The last guy, really just a fun fantasy guy. We've seen flashes from him last season. He was really good in summer league. Kenny Lofton Jr. Uh, for the Grizzlies, 17.7 points, 7.2 rebounds. 
2.5 assists, 2.2 steals, 0.8 blocks, 1.8 threes. He is not someone I'm drafting. I'll, I will I will say that. But he's, his fantasy game or, or his game translates really well into fantasy. Um, he'd need some injuries. He'd need some minutes to open up to have – to have, a, have a good role. He's got a lot of guys in front of him. The Brandon Clark injury helps, but I, I still don't think that that he's going to play a significant role. But is he someone that you're sort of excited about, I, I guess, long-term or, or if a, an opportunity were to open up? I was excited about him last year after watching Summer League. Like, for some reason, Kenny Lofton was the guy that caught my eye in Summer League. And I was like, Man, this guy could be good. Like if they let him play, like he could be he could be pretty good. And they didn't let him play at all. And he, you know, invisible. How many games did he play for Memphis last year? Like ten? Uh, he five? actually he actually played in twenty four, but a lot 24. of those were were like four minutes, three minutes, two minutes. Yeah. So he um, just didn't he didn't get a chance. Uh San, Santi Aldama was way better than anybody thought he was. Xavier Tillman hanging around uh Kantar, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. There's just too many guys um that are going to keep Kenny Lofton from playing, but man, when I watched Kenny Lofton in summer league last year and his numbers this year are really really good too. Uh yeah. he's going to be one of those summer league phenoms that may never <laughs> pan out in the regular season. Yeah, he'd he'd need to. I don't think Memphis is the like. If we wanted him to break out, it won't happen in Memphis. He need he would need to be on a team that's tanking or something like that. But he did. Uh, I'm just looking at his numbers from last season, and and yeah, I mean he didn't he didn't play a lot. He played in the last game of the season, which obviously they they would have rested everyone. Um, but he scored 42 points and had 14 rebounds in the last game of the season. So um, he probably also needs to lose like 25 30 pounds. Yeah, just, yeah, just he's aside. he's not a yeah, no, look, he, he's not a, a typical he doesn't have the typical build that, that you would expect to see from an NBA player or nowadays. Um onto the draft only league. So we got up to round six last time. So we're gonna go through round seven, eight, nine quickly, and then beyond round nine, you're sort of looking at outside the top 100, 110. So there isn't really a lot of it's just you take your guys at that point. You you look for upside. You take guys that you really just want to have on your team. But we'll start with round seven. So pick 73 uh, for those not watching. Chris Paul went at 73. Devin Vassell, Onyeka Kongwu, Jakob Pertl, Draymond Green, Marcus Smart, Ja Morant, CJ McCollum, Markel Fultz, John Collins, Mark Williams, and Trey Murphy. Who there? Like who? Who are the guys there that you think are good value? Maybe they maybe they fell, or maybe they're being taken too high. Like, is there one name there, Adam, that sticks out to you more than any other? Like the fact that Ja Moran is such a superstar in this league, but his free throws, his off court stuff, his. turnovers whatever his lack of three pointers like it all adds up and he always ends up down here around 80 right yeah but he's better than that like when he's on your team and he's playing games 
he's racking up numbers. It, it, it sort of reminds me of Luca with the turnovers and the, you know, the lack of defense or whatever. Like he's better than his ranking. I feel like, like, but he's got a 25 game suspension. So games played is definitely a category in uh, head to head leagues. So it makes sense that he's here. I just don't like that. He's here, I guess. Yeah. Um, Look, I think uh, our ADP data, I think I had a look at it yesterday. has him at about 70. So this is a little bit lower than where he's been going in a lot of drafts, but you're right, that 25-game suspension is just scaring a lot of people off. Um, that means the most he can play is, what, 57 games? Um, you figure he's going to have some some injuries in there. He's he's always playing above the rim, so there's risks of ankle injuries, knee injuries. So you figure sort of conservatively he might play 50 games this year, and that's where the, the discount comes I think. Um, but as you said, when he's on the floor, he's he's better than this. I have a prediction that Ja finally understands what the impacts of what he has done are. And he comes back after that 25-game suspension on an absolute vengeance and takes over. I think he's going to go crazy. <clears throat> I think if you get him... I mean, I wouldn't mind reaching for him at like 60. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's, I think he, you can get him that late and you have five other players you've taken before him. He's not going to kill you to sit, sit on the bench for, you know, yeah, five weeks, whatever it's going to be. Um, I think he's going to go crazy. Other guys on that list, I love a John Collins bounce back in Utah. I'm a big Mark Williams guy. Uh, CJ McCollum is one of the more underrated NBA players in the league, I would say. Uh, and Jacob, Jakob Portal, uh, also underrated. Like nobody cares about Portal, but he's pretty good. He is, yeah. I think I think he'll have a, a better season. Last season, he was when he was in San Antonio, he wasn't playing, he didn't look engaged, he looked much better when he got back to Toronto. Um, Chris Paul falling to 73. I think his ADP is actually lower than this. We're seeing him go more in the 80s or 90s. Um, Yeko Kongu, I think, is a guy that he's already sort of, there's a bit of discussion around what his role is going to be. There's rumours that Capella could be on the move if if Atlanta gets Siakam. Um, I'd love to see a Kongu at centre with Siakam at power forward. Oh my um, gosh. I, that would be amazing. Yeah, With Trey think, and DeJounte. Oh yeah, it would I think and, and if we look at a Kongu last year, where are we? So in 23 minutes a game last year, he was the 76th ranked player. So if he starts and plays 30 minutes a game, top 40, I think he's certainly within reach. Um so certainly worth taking a chance on him at the moment. But by the time we're into draft season, we'll have more of an idea of, of what his role is going to be. Yeah, as of right now, I'm reaching for a Kongwu. I'm never drafting Chris Paul. I, if I end up with Chris Paul on one of my teams this year, I'm going to retire from fantasy basketball. And Devin Vassell is a... Again, like he has been every year, super sleep sleeper. 
steals guy, tons of minutes, playing with Victor. Like I love Vassal. Yeah, I, I like him there too. I like um, I like Trey Murphy. Um, I, I get a bit worried that Murphy might be slightly overdrafted this season because he was really good down the stretch last season, but Brand uh, Ingram was injured a lot. Um, Zion wasn't there. I think when Zion is there, their rotation changes a little bit. I'm still really high on Trey Murphy, but I, I, I don't know where he's going to end up going. And and the last guy on this list that that I like, and, and I, I don't know, he, he's a bit polarizing, but Markel Fultz, <laughs> I thought he was really good last year. I thought he it was probably his best season. Um, <clears throat> what Orlando drafted guards, so they drafted Anthony Black. Um, which that annoyed me a bit. Uh, I don't know where they view Fultz now. Do they view him as their starting point guard and they're going to start Anthony Black next to him, but they've got Jalen Suggs, they've got Cole Anthony, they've got Gary Harris still. What what do you think that rotation looks like in Orlando? Well, the crazy thing to me about Markel Fultz is he, I think, holds the, the NBA distinction of being – the former number one pick who has just keeps hanging on to hope. Like, okay, maybe this is the year that Fultz is figuring out his shot. He's not going to be hurt. They're going to roll with him. Cole Anthony is an afterthought. Like maybe this is all going to come together and he's going to pan out as a number one overall pick because usually if a guy's into his fifth season or wherever we are, like they're either in or out at this point. And Fultz is still hanging around. So first of all, props to him for doing that. Um, I do think the fact we have Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Suggs all on the same team. And like you mentioned, Anthony Black added into that mix now. Like how are any of them going to be able to really succeed with that many mouths to feed in that position. I don't I don't really know how that's going to work, but um I'm with you. I thought Fultz did a great job last year, you know. The days of his shot being broken and us being totally scared of drafting him are over. Uh but he was the number one pick in 2017. It's 2023, we're still talking about him. Like just props to Markel Fultz for still being around. Yeah, look, I, I thought he was. I thought he was good. I think if I had to pick one, much like you, I think Cole Anthony will be the one that might be scaled back a bit. I know, I know he can score, but he's not a great defender, not a great passer. I, I think they would prefer to lean a bit more on Anthony Black. Gary Harris is another guy that I could see traded at some point. He's, he doesn't fit what they're doing. Um, so whether they look to move him before the deadline, I don't know. Would you draft? Gary Harris under any circumstance this year? No. Me either. No. No, he'll be injured within a week, so it won't really matter. Um, yeah, no, Fultz, Fultz, I think he was a top 90 guy last season. So I think if you can get him around 80 or 90, uh, there, there's room there for, for uh, some value. And there's also tons of upside, like tons. Mm. Like He could, he could, this could be the year. This It could happen. Could be, could be. Round eight, uh, pick 85, Derek White, Cam Johnson, Clay Thompson, Spencer Dinwiddie, 
Clint Capella, Mitch Robinson, Jalen Duran, Jalen Green, Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Miles Bridges, Tari Eason. Uh, yeah, look, for me, not a super exciting round. Um, I really like Cam Johnson at 86. Um, Miles Bridges, we, we talked a little bit about him potentially on the last show. We, we have talked about him a little bit. Um, is, is, I mean, getting Miles Bridges at 95... Is that would you be happy to to land him there? Would you take a bit of a chance? You know, I actually like these rounds better than like the fifth round. Like I'm happy if I get Derek White at 85. I'm happy with Cam. I'm happy with Clay. All these guys. Um Miles Bridges, there will be people that don't take him for moral reasons. Yeah. But uh, if you're just trying to win your fantasy league and he's playing for a contract and, and trying to, you know, get back on the right track, he he's a good player. So I, I, I'd much rather have Miles Bridges than Scoot or Jalen Duran or Tori Easton, I think. Yeah, Clint, I think Clint so. Cabela. Yep. Yep, I'm just having a look at where we've got Bridges in our ADP data at the moment. Where is he? Uh, Bridges, no, I don't want McCall Bridges. So we've got him at 89 in our ADP data. So he's going around in this range. Um, yeah, look, I, I, if I could get Bridges in this round somewhere, I'd be, I'd be happy because I think there's certainly top 50 upside, top 40 upside. Um, and yeah, look, most of these guys are fine. Uh, Clay Thompson, we know, we know who he is. We know what he's going to do. Anthony Simons is an interesting one. I think with sort of shade and sharp coming on late last season, that's probably impacted Anthony Simons' projected value a little bit. But he's still someone I think, if and when, well, I think we know Damian Lillard's going to be gone. We just don't know where and when uh, Simons will be starting. So I like him there. Um, what about Jaylen. what about what about Derek White with no Marcus Smart in Boston? Yeah, look, he, he's he's interesting. He was really good last season, coming uh, off that playoff run. Yeah, um, I think. So I'm just looking. Yeah, so he was he was 89th last season, uh, coming off the bench in 28 minutes. So I think with with Smart gone, you could safely assume that Derek White's going to start and play 31 minutes, 32 minutes. So if top 90 is his floor, then obviously if you're getting him at 85, then there's potentially three rounds of value there. He could be overdrafted in some leagues for people who just sort of think, oh, yeah, look, he was so good last season. He's going to bust out this season. So I wouldn't want to get him... I wouldn't want to sort of reach for him and take him in the 50s or anything like that. But if you could get him here, I, th I think this is a really nice spot. Um, and as you like said... It. Oh, go ahead. I was As you, as we sort of said with um, uh, when we were talking about uh, Max Christie earlier, Derek White block, he gets... Um, he racks up the blocks from the guard position, which that's that can be a real game changer in a fantasy league. If you've got a guard that can average close to a block a game, he was 0.9 last season, then that can really sway that uh, that category. Yeah, and, you know, Marcus Smart was arguably their best guard defensively. 
And if he's gone, Derek White steps into that role. I, I love Derek White here. I'm the guys I love in that round are Derek White. Um, I kind of like Scoot. I think Scoot's going to be better than ninety three, even though I'm not a not a rookies guy. And then Miles Bridges, like those are three kind of studs that you can mm. get uh, in later in drafts. Yep, and we've got a. A couple in this round as well. Um, oh, look where so. my Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. is. No. Yes. So round nine we're in. Yeah. So 97, Wendell Carter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter, Jabari Smith, Mike Conley, Austin Reeves, Aaron Gordon, PJ Washington, Andrew Wiggins, Tobias Harris, Trey Jones, and Buddy Heald. Let's start with Michael Porter then. What are your thoughts on him? <sighs> He's been been a really rough ride for me. I I was all I I was all in from the beginning till now. I've always been all in. I'm still all in. I I mean, if I get Michael Porter Jr. in round eight or nine, I'm in over all these guys. Like I I I think Andrew Wiggins and Michael Porter Jr. are absolute steals there. I think Wiggins only played what like 37 games last year. He had personal problems. He had an ankle. He had ribs. He had a foot. He had a hand. He had an elbow. Like he was constantly banged up and then had an illness and a personal thing that kept him out forever. So he was an absolute bust last year. Andrew Wiggins is due for a huge bounce back season. And so is Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I like both those guys here. Jeremy Grant's another one. Uh, I think with no Lillard there, he signed that stupidly big contract that we <laughs> talked about a few weeks ago. He was a 69th-ranked player last season with Damian Lillard healthy. So with no Lillard there, I know Scoot comes in and takes a lot of those minutes, but I think Jeremy Grant could be potentially top 60, top 50. If you can get him at 98, uh, I think there's value there. Um Mike Conley's an interesting one. What are your thoughts on him this season in Minnesota? Um, I'm going to have to say no. He is – I'm pulling up his age right now. Mike Conley is 35 years old. Actually, by the time this season starts, he will be 36. Yeah. I'm out. I am. Yep, fair enough. I am out. I think I think your value picks here are Porter, Jabari Smith, um, Wiggins. That's about it. That's that's all yeah. I really like from from this group of of players. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of similar. Wendell Carter, I don't mind him there. He's, he's sort of a solid enough center. Um, so before we go to the last list of names, just Austin Reeves. What do you think about Austin Reeves this season? You know, uh, the 102nd picket is fair for Austin Reeves. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I, I remember sitting in a hotel room in Nevada, and he hit that that big three-pointer to win it. Yeah. And I was like, man, this kid is, is something. But it still feels like um, – still feels like a mirage to me. Like, I don't know – if he's as good as we think he is. Yeah, I think it's 
the the sample size is relatively small when you when you consider our whole career. So I think around this range is fine. 102 ADP has him at 106. I think I've got him in the mid 90s in my rankings. Uh, so I think by this time in a draft, you've sort of established your starting lineup. You've got seven or eight roster spots filled. You're looking for upside. I think there is upside there. Um, so yeah, look, I'm okay taking it. A bit of a flyer on him around this area. All right. And if we go to so now, as I said, beyond this this sort of range, 110, you're really just looking for upside. You're looking at guys to fill roles. You're looking for certain stats. So I've just gone through and listed a few guys uh in their draft spots. 114th was Josh Hart, 121st, Denny Avdiar, 122nd, Shaden Sharp, 126, Rob Williams. 131, Bruce Brown, 138, Ben Simmons, 139, Javon Carter, 150, Jalen Suggs, 163, Isaiah Jackson, and 164, Naz Reed. Any of those guys there sort of jump out to you as as sort of, oh, I would have to draft this guy if he was available at this spot? Well, I'm always intrigued by Denny Abdija. Uh, Shade, on, Shade on Sharp to me is a guy I'm drafting. Like that's a guy I'm targeting in fantasy this year. Robert Williams, so sad. The knee injuries have slowed him down so much. Like, it's weird to see, like, Robert Williams and the Mitchell Robinson are guys that, like, four years ago we were taking, you know, top two or three rounds, and that was obviously a huge mistake. But if you get Robert Williams, the Time Lord, at 126 – I'll take that all day. Uh, I think Bruce Brown is super intriguing. Signed for all that money in Indy, uh, playing with Tyrese Halberton, locker room leader, team leader, kind of an underrated all across the board. Like good at everything, but not great at at any of them. Um, he's he's just a solid, steady fantasy guy. So uh, I'm not touching Ben Simmons. <laughs> Probably not messing with any of the other guys below him either. Yeah. Yeah. Simmons is, I don't know. I, I hope he can turn it around, but yeah, we'll see. Rob Williams, look, I think if you can get Rob Williams outside the top 100, you have to take him. Um, he was, where are we? He was 70th last season. And I, and I think you could probably consider that as about a bad a season as you'll get. 35 games, 23 minutes a night still a top 70 player. So I think with Chris Stapps there, they can manage him a little bit more. So they won't need him to play big minutes. They can cycle through our Horford a little bit. So, yeah, look, I think Rob Williams is someone that they probably only need to play 24 to 26 minutes a night. Um, could certainly still be a top 60, top 50 player. Shaden Sharp, yeah, look, really love him. Javon Carter's an interesting one. He's probably the only one there that I'd consider just because if he is starting for Chicago, we saw in flashes last year in Milwaukee, he can hit threes, he can get steals. He'll get decent assist numbers. So he might be someone I'd take a, as a, a last-round flyer. Um, and Naz Reed, I just put there, I don't think I'm drafting him, but the Wolves paid him. And I, th I think they maybe want to try and get more minutes from him and not not purely play him as a backup. So there might be moments where I don't know if they'll run. I don't think they'll ever run three bigs like Utah are doing, 
but it might be that they go with him and and Towns down the stretch if they don't need Gobert or uh, so just someone that I'm keeping an eye on because he was really good last season when he played minutes. Javon Carter is interesting because when he was starting for Milwaukee last year, I, I used him in DFS a lot. And sometimes he came through, sometimes he didn't. But Lonzo Ball, man, I hope Lonzo Ball can get back. But uh, mm-hmm. Javon Carter could have a huge role with the Bulls this year. Like, he's another super sleeper to keep an eye on, along with Alex Caruso and Io DeSumo. Like, we got to see which one of those guys steps up. Yeah, we, we don't know. And Kobe White's there as well. He he played well in patches last season. So, yeah, once we get a bit of an idea of what that rotation is going to look like, Carter might be a, a winner and someone to target. Um, so that that's all. That, that sort of brings us to the end of the draft-only league. Um, I know we're up to about 20 draft-only leagues that we've run now uh, over on FBI. So our, our ADP data is getting bigger and bigger by the week. We'll, uh, we'll end it there. We'll wrap it up next week. Uh, we've got we're doing a live mock draft with uh, twelve analysts. So so you'll be in that. I may or may not be in that. I'm not sure if I'll be in it or just hosting it. Um, but we've got twelve analysts that'll be joining in. Thirty second picks. So it should be a a fast, quick draft uh, just to give people an idea of where players are going. Have you got any preferences at this point as to where you would want to be drafting? Are you going to me? <laughs> yep, I am. Yep. Any, uh, any like, do you want to draft in the, get the first pick, twelfth pick in the middle I rounds? I don't care. I just Frankly. i I always want Luca on my team or <laughs> Wimbenyama. One of those two guys, I'm okay. Uh, and also, if it's going to be on fan tracks, then I need to make sure I have time to get my rankings and all that, all that set up. Yeah, I think if you want Luca, you're probably going to need a top top five pick top three maybe are you gonna set this draft or are you gonna random it i'll random it yeah so it doesn't matter what i want it doesn't matter what you want i was just curious (laughs) you know the rolling stones said you can't always get what you want you cannot you might well if someone wants to pay me they can get what they want but you get what you need (laughs) yeah i can send you um i can send you a Look at this right here. A Ziploc bag of Tostitos uh, mini rounds. All right. What, what will that give me? What will that uh, give me? I'll get you the the third pick. <laughs> you should get Luca at three, I think. They'll be there in six months. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so that will do for today. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you for joining us. You can check out all of our content over at fbibasketball.com, including our Discord. And and I think we're just continuing to roll out the draft-only leagues as well. Follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. We'd love it if you could give us a thumbs up. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.